0: Hey, welcome to the podcast for Scotts Hill Baptist Church. We hope this message helps you discern what is true, what is right, and what is good. We pray it as an encouragement for you today. If you have a Bible or wanna download the Bible app real quick and follow along, we're exploring the book of Psalm today, specifically chapter 23. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, good morning, church. I'm excited to be here with you as we continue our summer playlist series. For those of you who are watching online, we're grateful that you have chosen Scotts Hill to come together with and worship the Lord through song and through his word. And we encourage you to continue to come and be a part of our services and when you feel comfortable bringing your family here in person as well. For those of you here this morning with us, it's such a joy to see God's people coming together to be encouraged and and to grow as we know that we are ambassadors for the Lord in the world throughout the week. As Pastor Phil said, my name is Garrett Burns, and I've been married to my wife going on two and a half years now. She is a beaut, and as... As many of you uh, know who've been in relationships and and specifically marriages, uh, you kind of, you learn rhythms. You learn, uh, what responsibilities some people have and, and what the other one is going to do. And in our marriage, one of my bigger responsibilities is to get the groceries every week. I don't do all of the grocery shopping, uh, but I do do the overwhelming majority of our grocery shopping. And I actually like doing it. It's not a burden for me. Uh, I, it's it's kind of therapeutic f- for me, honestly. I get to mosey on through the aisles and have fantasies of eating healthy while my cart is actually filled with dark chocolate Milanos and Oreos and frozen waffles. And so when I, when I go to do the grocery shopping, most of the time it's at Publix, they do a really good job of tricking me into thinking that they have the best food by the way that they uh, show their produce. But I'll go to Publix and I'll walk through the doors and I'll say thank you to the person who nowadays is sanitizing my cart for me. And then I'll take a right and I'll go through the deli and I'll grab some roasted red pepper hummus, holler if you hear me on roasted red pepper hummus, it is the only healthy thing I truly actually enjoy. And I'll throw some of that in there. And then I'll go through the fruits and the vegetables. And I'm not really planning on buying any of it. I just want to maybe get healthy by osmosis, hopefully. Uh, I will throw some blueberries in there for my wife. She eats healthier than I do. And, and then it's on to the, the meat section. I'll grab our chicken, our ground turkey that we eat every week. And then I'm going through the aisles, putting in the cart, whatever Kaylee has ask me to buy on our grocery list and whatever the marketing people scheme me into buying, I'm an easy target for them. And then finally, the freezer section and the last aisle on the left with the dairies. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I do every week when I do my grocery shopping. But sometimes I'll forget what's on the list. It's, it's rare, but I will forget sometimes something on the list, or we'll just decide to switch something up in the middle of the week for what we're going to have for dinner. And I can remember one time we were going to have burgers, but I need cheese with my burgers. And I thought we had cheese. In fact, we did have cheese, but it was moldy and I didn't want to feed my wife moldy cheese. So she said, Hey babe, would you just go to the grocery store and, and grab me some cheese? And I said, Hey, absolutely. I will serve you in that way. I would love to do that. I know exactly where the cheese is. It's on the left with the dairy section, the eggs, the milk, all that. So off I am to the grocery store. I get there, I grab my cart, knowing where the cheese is, but I take a right, and I go to the deli, and I throw my red pepper hummus in there, and then I go to the fruits and vegetables, and I throw the blueberries in there. I get the chicken, I get the ground turkey, I'm going through the aisles, I put the Milanos in there, I put the chocolate chip frozen waffles in there, and then finally, 40 minutes later, I get to the the last aisle with the dairy and I grab our chocolate milk and our eggs and yes, I do grab the cheese. And I come home, $80 later, seven full bags of groceries later to a very hungry wife. But what happened between my wife asking me to go get cheese and me coming back home with a bunch of groceries 45 minutes later? I was so used to going through the motions when I got to the store that as soon as I entered in those doors, I just went into robot mode. I just did everything that I'd always done before. And what I fear with us, and I fear it because it's happened to me before, is that when we enter into God's word, sometimes we just go through the motions, Maybe we're we're coming up to a familiar passage that we have read before and maybe even studied before, and we forget that the Word of God is alive and active and wants to teach us something every time that we open it. Today, we're jumping into our next psalm in this series, but it's not a new psalm for many of you. Throughout history, it has been one of the most memorized, the most cherished, the most loved psalms in the entire book of Psalms, in the entire Psalter. We're going to be looking at Psalm 23. Many of you have heard Psalm 23 spoken at funerals or while people are extremely ill, and inevitably it takes us back to times of, of sadness and sorrow when we read this psalm. But this psalm is so much more than that. It is a psalm of satisfaction, a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm of the good life. And I would venture to say in a room like this that we all want a part of the good life. Am I right? We all want comfort. We all want restoration from our brokenness. We all want a life of satisfaction. The problem is we just don't always know where to get it. We don't always know where to go to have our satisfaction met or have our every need met. Or maybe you know where to go, but life is just too hard. Life is just beating you down with one thing after the other, and you can't get there. Or maybe you even look at your life and you don't think you deserve the good life. You've made one too many mistakes, one too many failures. You've fallen short one too many times times. You want satisfaction, but you feel directionless. You want satisfaction, but you feel defenseless in this world. You want satisfaction, but you feel too undeserving. Let me tell you this morning that you are not alone in those feelings. You're not alone in this room, and you're not alone throughout history. In fact, the author of this psalm likely felt the exact same way. King David is credited with writing Psalm 23, and we know from earlier pieces of Scripture that he was a shepherd before he became a king. And David pens this psalm from a shepherd's perspective. As a shepherd, he knew that he was guiding his sheep, he was guarding his sheep, and he was giving his sheep everything they need. And in that frame of mind, he takes a step back and he looks at his own life and he says, Who is shepherding me? Who is my shepherd in this life? Yes, I'm a king, but who is shepherding me? Who is guiding me, giving me, and guarding me in this life? We find the answer that David writes in Psalm 23, when the Holy Spirit inspires him to say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green Pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. Before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, thank you so much for allowing us even to come before you today right now. We come before you in humility, with humble hearts, knowing that it is you alone who works through your word, Lord, we know that your word, this Psalm 23, that you have preserved for us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that it is alive and it is active and it will shape hearts, and Lord, that is what we ask would take place this morning, that you would open blind eyes, that you would soften hard hearts, and that you would bring people closer to you. We ask that in the name of our shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a huge statement being declared, being proclaimed by the reigning king of Israel. By the most popular, the most powerful man in the entire nation, even David realized his need for a shepherd. And the imagery of us being sheep and, and Christ God, Jesus being our shepherd, is pervasive in Scripture. We see it all throughout Scripture. We notice it in John chapter 10, verse 11, when Jesus says of himself, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life, for the sheep. We also see in Matthew 25, Jesus saying that the sheep are his and they will inherit the kingdom. It is a blessing to be looked on by God as a sheep. However, if you know a thing or two about sheep, it is not necessarily a compliment It's a blessing for sure, but a compliment, maybe not so much. Sheep need somebody to guide them, to guard them, and to give them everything in this life. David, though a king, was a humble enough man to realize his need for a shepherd. But my question to you this morning is do you feel that need? Do you feel in your life the need for a shepherd? Can you come to this text, to Psalm 23, laying aside the pride, laying aside the lie of self-sufficiency, and know that you are a sheep in need of a shepherd? As God's people, as God's children, as those who recognize Jesus as our Savior, we must also recognize Jesus as our shepherd. That brings us to the main idea of Psalm 23 this morning, that our every need is satisfied in the shepherd. Our every need is satisfied in the shepherd. And as we look at Psalm 23, we will notice three comforts that support the idea that our every need is satisfied in the shepherd. Our first comfort is that the shepherd guides when we are directionless. He guides us when we are directionless because as sheep, we are a directionless people. So often, if we are left to our own wisdom and to our own guidance, we will guide ourselves into lostness or confusion or down dangerous paths. As sheep, we are directionless. In 2005, an an article was published in an Istanbul newspaper that really perfectly describes what takes place when sheep are left to shepherd themselves. The article says that hundreds of sheep fell to their death after following their leader, another sheep. They fell to their death off a cliff in eastern Turkey into a ravine in the Van province near Iran. 450 sheep fell off a cliff to their death, but another 1,500 sheep followed after them, but they survived. Shepherds from the village neglected to shepherd the flock because their tummy was hungry and they were eating their breakfast, leaving the sheep to roam free. The loss for the farmers was estimated at $100,000. Now, I imagine that it actually probably would have been a lot of fun to be one of the 1,500 sheep who came after the first ones, just jumping off a cliff and landing into a soft bed of wool. That sounds like a great time. Like the kids at Defy Gravity jumping on the trampolines into the foam pit. That sounds like a lot of fun. But you get the picture. Do you not? That without a shepherd, they were headed down a dangerous path. Without a shepherd, they headed to their death. They needed a shepherd. Without a shepherd, they followed whatever fit their fancy. They followed whatever their friends did. It's like what I'm sure many of you parents have said to your children. I know my mother said it to me that if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? And if you have a really smart kid, kind of a witty kid, he or she might say, well, it depends on how high the bridge is. But the reality is we would jump. We would definitely jump because we are sheep in need of better guidance than ourselves. So if the Lord is our shepherd, if we are going to trust him to guide us, where does he promise us that he will take us? Two places. The first is our shepherd guides us to refreshment. Says he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. A man, if we do not need some refreshment in 2020, just raise your hand if you feel like 2020 has been a hard year. Kind of one thing after another. Yes, I'm raising my hand with you. We are a people that need refreshment. We want Rest, we want nourishment, we want green pastures and still waters. Remember the New Testament promise of Jesus when he says, Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn from me, for I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We find our refreshment in the person of Jesus Christ. And he desires to guide you to refreshment. We go, go, go all the time. We're a frenzied people, a frantic people, a compulsive people. We're so goal-oriented and we feel like we're falling behind if we take rest. Or even worse, we're labeled as lazy. But that's not the lifestyle that the Lord has intended for his sheep. He desires to guide us to refreshment. We are called to work hard. We are called to work with diligence, but then we rest. And when we rest in the Lord, there is no guilt in that rest. There is only delight in Him. But our shepherd doesn't just guide us to refreshment. Our shepherd also guides us to restoration. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness The sheep in that story, they didn't know that they were headed toward death. They were just following one another. And that's no different than where you and I would be without our guiding shepherd. But instead of death, Jesus calls us to life. He calls us to eternal life. As our Lord shepherds us, it's not merely our body that is cared for. It is also our soul. Because ever since Adam, the first man, ever since he sinned, we have been born in sin. What does that mean? That means that we are broken, that we need restoration. We want joy, but we seek after it in all of the wrong places. We want acceptance, but we pursue it in all of the wrong areas. We want to live the good life, but we go about attaining it in all of the wrong ways. We move away from our God. We move away from our Creator, but the shepherd restores us back to Him. He restores us back into a right relationship with Him through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. What good would refreshment and restor, or would refreshment be without restoration? What good would green pastures and still waters be if it only ended up in death? It's the New Testament picture of gaining the world, but then losing your soul. Jesus desires better for you. He wants to restore you back to himself. He restores our soul to salvation, and then he guides us through sanctification. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his glory. This is simply the the daily life of a believer following the will of God, submitting to his desires. Maybe that looks like reading God's word. When you wake up and you know you have a lot on your plate, you run to God's wisdom. When you know tomorrow there's a conversation that you need to have or there's a circumstance that you don't know how to navigate, you run to God's written revelation. Maybe that looks like walking through uncertain times with your connect group. When you just need a prayer and a hug and somebody to be there for you, you go to the people that God has placed in your life. Because God uses his people to guide us through uncertain times that can far too often fill us with anxiety and fear and worry. Many times, green pastures and still waters, they surround us. But we, as sheep, are just far too prone to wander. The first thing that our shepherd does is he guides us when we are directionless. But the second comfort we see is that our shepherd guards when we are defenseless. The shepherd guides us to refreshment and to restoration. But what about what the shepherd guides us through? Here we see the second aspect of our shepherd, that he is our guardian. He guards us. And this verse, verse 4, certainly means death, but it means more than just death. It means all of the difficulties that we are presented with in this life. Tim Challies says, if you put a sheep in the wild, you have just given nature a snack. But I say, if you put a person in the world, you have just given Satan a snack. Outside of our guardian shepherd, we are defenseless. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Outside of our shepherd, we are defenseless. We are sheep. Sheep have no defenses. They don't have fight and they don't have flight. They don't have talons, they don't have fangs, they don't have venom. They don't have spikes all over them. They can't run. They're not agile. They can't fly, except the ones in Turkey think that they can a little bit. We don't find sheep in the world that look like this. (laughs) We, We just don't. And if there were, they wouldn't need a shepherd to begin with. Real sheep can't defend themselves whatsoever. And neither can we. It is the presence of God that casts out fear in our life. Notice the change in language that we see in Psalm 23 from the first three verses to the fourth one. David says, he, talking about the shepherd, he makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. But when life gets difficult, when situations get precarious, he stops talking about the shepherd and he starts talking to the shepherd it's no longer a he that is my shepherd it is it is you i will fear no evil for you are with me it is your rod and staff that comfort me he is speaking to the shepherd and the same is true in your life this morning that when life gets difficult the shepherd is there for you he is beside you You can say, even though I'm going through a valley, you are with me. Even though I'm going through marital difficulties, you are with me. Even though I am scared of the coronavirus, you are with me. Even though I am bullied at school, you are with me. Even though I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from, you are with me, shepherd. Even though I'm in fear of our political landscape, you are with me. Even though I don't know what will happen if I accept Jesus as my shepherd and savior here this morning, I don't know what will happen, but I know you are with me. Even though all of these things, whatever is going on in your life, whatever difficulty that may be, the shepherd is with you. And there is no fear because he promises to guard you. He guards us from others with the rod and he guards us from ourselves with his staff. Jesus promises in John chapter 10 verses 27 and 28, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. One thing I forgot to mention when I was uh, being introduced and talking about my family is that I have a little puppy, Paddington. Look at that dude. He is so cute. That's my little pup. That's my little Paddington. But sometimes he's a bit of a wimp. And it's never really uh, as obvious as when he hears sirens in the background. This happened last night. Whenever he hears sirens in the background, he gets really afraid. And it doesn't matter what the siren is. It can be the police. It can be the firefighters. It can be the ambulance. But he does two things whenever he gets afraid. Really, two of the cutest things Kay and I think that he does. The first thing is that he bolts to whichever one of us is closest. doesn't matter, either Kay or I. And he will sit down and he'll look at us so that we know that he's there and that he needs us. And once he is confident that we see him and that we are there for him, he will turn his direction toward the difficulty, wherever the siren is coming from, but he'll kind of lean into us just so he can feel that we are there. And if we move a little bit, he shifts so that he can feel us, so that he knows we are there. That is the picture that, that David is writing here. It is the presence of God when we are defenseless, that provides us with the comfort that we need. The closer we are to our shepherd, the safer we are in this world. And I believe if we would just understand that, adhere to that, submit to that truth, that we would lose a lot of the fear and anxiety and stress we have in our daily lives. The closer we are to our shepherd, the safer we are in this world. World. The God who saves us and restores us from our sin does not then leave us to handle life's difficulties on our own. He shepherds us to restoration, but He also shepherds us as our guardian. So He guides when we are directionless, He guards when we are defenseless. But the third comfort we see is that the shepherd gives when we are unders- undeserving. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oils. He overflows our cup. The shepherd who guides us to refreshment and restoration. The shepherd who guards us through death and difficulty. He also gives undeserved blessings to his people in this life and the next. The God who allows us to pass through difficulties, also assures us of victory over them. It is one thing to make it through evil. It is another thing to triumph and celebrate even in the midst of them. That's what we see in verses five and six. We see a beautiful table laid out, a banquet table, a silk tablecloth, I'm sure, silverware, real silverware. The china has been pulled out from the cabinet with the And we're actually able to use it. The cup is overflowing and it is all taking place in the very presence of our enemies. He does not always remove the dangers from our lives, but he does help us to overcome them so we are not paralyzed with fear and anxiety. It's the victory that we have through our shepherd Jesus that allows this text to really parallel another truth that we see in Romans 8. When he says, Who shall separate us? Who? From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered but no. In all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The presence of enemies in your life does not and will not ever stop the shepherd from giving you all of the blessings he desires to give you. Not because of what you have done but because of what Jesus has done for you. Taking on all of your sin and nailing it in his flesh to the cross. Taking on all of the wrongs that you have done and offering you instead eternal life that he deserved. He desires to anoint your head with oil, pouring the spirit down over you and in you so that you can be victorious in this life. He fills your cup, giving you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And this isn't just for now. Read verse 6 again. We see that it is in this life and the next. We see goodness and mercy following us all the days of my life. And that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This word... This word follow, it doesn't mean what Paddington does when he just prances along behind Kay and I. This is a a hot pursuit. This is a high-speed chase of God's goodness and mercy running after you all the days of your life. The shepherd is running after you for refreshment and restoration and comfort and satisfaction and goodness and mercy and his love in this life and the next the shepherd is for you. If you are a sheep in God's flock, if you submit yourself and believe in Jesus, your shepherd is guiding you, guarding you, and giving you everything that you need. Psalm 23 teaches us that our every need is satisfied in the shepherd. In good times, this psalm kind of feels a little unnecessary. It sounds nice. I might put it in my Instagram bio or on my Facebook profile or I might cross-stitch it into something pretty and hang it in my dining room. I don't know. But we don't really submit to it. On our best days, we feel entirely able to find our own refreshment, to find our own restoration. We feel entirely able to direct ourselves to our every need on our best days we feel entirely able to overcome life's difficulties in our own strength we have our own resources we can get by on our own on our best days we feel entirely able to prepare our own table we can fill our own cup we can go get the things that we want whether we deserve them or not But in this year, probably more than any other, reality has hit us hard. In this year, probably more than any other, we realize the brevity and the fragility and the gravity of life. In the good times, our pride grows. But when reality hits, it provides the necessary humbling of our hearts to realize we are sheep in need of a shepherd. You may be thinking that you don't need a shepherd, that you are capable of guiding, guarding, and giving yourself everything that you need, but even you have to admit that you aren't in control of all of life's circumstances. What happens if you lose your job? Your husband asks for a divorce. Your mom finds out that she has cancer. Your child is having thoughts of suicide. What becomes of your self sufficiency? What becomes of your ability to guide and guard yourself? What becomes of your ability to navigate life in your own strength? Or maybe you realize you do need a shepherd. But where do you go? Or to whom do you turn? The modern secular psychologists, they all say to do this or, or to do that, but depression, anxiety, fear, suicide, stress, these are things are on the rise. We're not getting better at dealing with life's difficulties. The New York Times bestsellers list, they have things that they suggest, but they disagree with one another. Politicians claim to have simple solutions to very complex problems, but their worldview and their philosophy, they implode on one another. News sources can't agree on simple yes or no questions of life, and pop culture might provide you with a little relief, but it won't give you eternal life. Where do you go when you are humbled? You run to the one who gave up the comfort of heaven and bled his own blood on the cross for you. You run to the one who laid down his life for you in true shepherd fashion. The one who promises based on thousands of years of faithfulness that he will guide you, guard you, and give you everything that you need. The one who can make your heart sing, my every need is satisfied in the shepherd. Jesus Christ The Son of God. We were created to follow our shepherd. Read his word. He is speaking to you. Spend time in prayer. His ear is bent toward you, he is listening to you. Spend time in worship. He is deserving of it. Cultivate a heart of thankfulness and gratitude. He will never neglect you to eat his breakfast while you fall off of a cliff. Run to the one who promises to always be there, restoring you to life and preparing before you a beautiful banquet table. That is the song of Psalm 23 here this morning that our every need is satisfied in the shepherd, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me this morning? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for even allowing us to come into your presence right now. That we come before you with humility. Lord, I ask that this psalm, this message from your word penetrates hearts. Lord, I ask that For those who realize their need for a shepherd, would you continue to be that for them? An ever-present help in times of trouble, of difficulty. Lord, would you be their guiding light? Would you be their guardian? Would you be the one that gives them everything that they need in this life? And Lord, I ask that you speak to the hard hearts. That you speak to the blind eyes, that you would soften them, and that over time, Lord, they would come to see you as Savior and as Shepherd. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Scotts Hill Podcast. Thank you to those who continue to give generously to this ministry. If you want more information about Scotts Hill, how to get connected in your community, or want to know more about Jesus, Visit www.scottshill.org podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe to get notifications of future episodes. You can also share it with your friends via text message or take a screenshot and post it on your social media stories. Make sure to tag us at Scotts Hill. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.